Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Leading Simple, helping make real life simple. My name is Rusty George. I'll be your guide today. Boy, we got a great conversation for you today. Uh, I am so happy to welcome to our show Dr. Michelle Benedict. Uh, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She has helped countless uh, people from our congregation just navigate relational difficulties, uh, anxiety, depression, all kinds of stressors in their life. And today she joins us to talk about mental health during the holidays. Uh, we've already got a few holidays under our belt. The big one is yet to come. And as we've done this entire year, we've taken one episode each month to talk about mental health. And today we finish up our year with Dr. Benedict. We are so happy to have Dr. Benedict on the show. She has helped me out immensely, and I've been wanting to have her on the podcast now for some time. And finally, we were able to sit down and have this conversation. So can't wait for you to hear it. Today, we continue our work with Compassion International. Uh, Compassion has helped over 2 million kids in sponsorship, and they've partnered with over 80,000 churches, over 65 years of serving, and just an incredible organization. When you sponsor a child, that 40 bucks that you send goes to meet needs medically, spiritually, physically, educationally. And right now on Leading Simple, we're trying to help a thousand kids. Uh, there's a huge backlog of kids because of COVID uh, and the year that basically people kind of shut down a lot of their giving and sponsoring and moving forward with things. Now it's time to help those kids out. I had a conversation with one of these uh, compassion children that is now an adult living in Texas, and she tells us about growing up in the Philippines and what compassion meant to her. Uh, if you listen to that podcast, it's my conversation with Kuwani, a sponsored child. Uh, you can find that on the, wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It was a bonus episode we put out a few weeks ago. If you listen to that, uh, you will never forget it. It has changed my approach to writing my letters to the kids that we sponsor, and uh, I know you're going to be blessed by it. So make sure you sponsor a child this holiday season. That would be huge for so many kids. Well, you can do that by going to Compassion.com slash Rusty, Compassion.com slash Rusty. That way we can keep track of the number of kids we've sponsored, and we're on a mission to sponsor 1,000 kids. Well, today, here's my conversation, Mental Health in the Holidays with Dr. Michelle Benedict. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And uh, just for our listeners that don't know you, can you give us just a brief introduction to yourself, who you are, what it is that you do, and uh, a little bit about your life? Certainly, I'd be happy to. My name is Michelle Benedict, and I have been a licensed Christian faith-based psychotherapist since 1994. So I've been doing this a minute or two. And mostly in Southern California until seven years ago when uh, we moved to Henderson, Las Vegas area. And um, I still maintain a remote practice in Southern California. And um, I work a lot with folks in ministry who work for the Lord and um, find that a rare privilege and an honor to walk alongside folks in the front lines um, and people who love the Lord. And um, I know our focus is on mental health and 
I'm looking forward to talking about that. It's one of my favorite subjects. So. Well, absolutely. And we're grateful for you giving us some time. Um, I know this time of year, you're probably very busy with people trying to uh, process what just happened uh, over Thanksgiving and the people that they uh, had to spend time with um, and prepping for Christmas as well. Um, so for uh, our listeners, um, you know, who struggle with with mental health issues already, whether it is a, a diagnosed um, situation or one that we're not sure what it is, but we definitely have some anxiety. How does the holiday season impact that? And what do you see in your practice when it comes to the effect that Christmas can have on someone's mental health? Well, over the years, um, given that I am a grief specialist, uh, the holidays, both Thanksgiving and Christmas, can be very difficult and challenging uh, for folks that are struggling with loss or depression or other life stressors, like you said, diagnosed or undiagnosed. So um, if I may, I'd like to talk a little bit about depression and relate it to the holidays and some things that we might do about that. Um, on the one end, thank you. On the one end is melancholy, which is just a general feeling of pensive sadness. And maybe it's free floating and we don't even have a cause that we can point it to. And then there's something called dysthymia, which is a chronic functioning depression, a mild depression that is persistent. And then lastly, on a continuum, there's major depressive disorder. And those are folks who usually need and benefit from both talk therapy, maybe some group work, and perhaps some medication to help them. So all of these things um, come under great pressure with all the added demands on us through the holidays. We have extra tasks. We need to do things we need to attend to, gifts to buy, cards to write, on and on. So with depression, for example, we have limited energy resources. That's a given. Um, so it can cause moderate to severe fatigue during the holidays as the demands grow and we are drawing from a low energy pool. Hmm. Um, we can become depleted and exhausted, which can add to a backdrop of sadness that might be chronically there throughout the year. So focusing a, a minute on the solution, some practical things that people can do to prepare is real basic. Make sure that rest and sleep is guarded and that, that it is uh, very much a priority. Drinking plenty of water, exercising, and healthy food. The stuff that we should all be doing every day is critically important to the person struggling with mental health issues and going through the holidays. So making sure all of that basic stuff is in order and especially sleep. And then a way of managing depression at the holidays, at the holidays consists of some basic boundaries. Um, I would suggest that each invitation is considered, each activity and request and that you would step back and ask yourself, will this add to me, to my life, or will it cost you too much and cause me depletion? So I feel like 
stepping back and asking that question is most important before we say yes. Um, so we have to check, do I have enough in my energy well uh, to attend and participate and give of myself? And if the answer is no, then, and this is particularly difficult for people pleasers, which many Christians struggle with, then we have to give ourselves permission to say the four-letter word, no. Um, it, is, uh, it is hard for us sometimes to say that word. And yet a politely uh, declined invitation is a wise decision if we know we are depleted and exhausted. So beware when you say no, if people aren't used to it, to, to what I call boundary busters. Those are the folks that won't respect your no. Oh, come on, you can come. It won't be the same without you. You've done it before when you felt bad, you'll be fine. Any right. of those kind of things. So be gentle and kind and hold your no. Yeah. And just That's say, it just doesn't work for me this year. That's such great insight. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, you kind of look at it and you think, well, I, you know, somebody's going to be upset here. Either it's going to be them or it's going to be me. <laughs> well said. Uh, and if I say no, then I save myself. But uh, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is take care of yourself, which kind of gets me into this. Something else I wanted to ask because I notice this in myself a lot during the holiday season. There, there's a sense of FOMO, this fear of missing out, of of not just hitting every single holiday party that's out there, but also maintaining all the traditions. Um, well, we've got to decorate the house. Well, we've got to put lights outside. Well, we've got to um, do this tradition or whatever. Um, what do you tell people who are just trying to make it the best Christmas ever? And maybe they ought to just not try to accomplish that this year. How, how can we enjoy the holidays without stressing out about just even some of the good things like the traditions? Beautiful question. Um, first of all, let's talk about FOMO, um, the fear of missing out. You have to ask yourself this year, not every other year, but this year, where am I at? So it's not dissimilar to what I just spoke about. Check in with yourself and see where you're at. If you've had, in, uh, you know, losses by death or important people move away and you're in a particularly compromised place to ask yourself that, or to require rather of yourself that the show must go on is um, unfair and unkind. So I would start with a self-assessment and this would happen in October, not in December or November. So in October, check in with yourself and see where you're at. I could say a lot more about that, but I'll move on. So fear of missing out. You have to ask yourself, am I the person that more is more or less is more? And I have actually been both. When I was young, in my 20s, 30s, more was always more. Any invitation or opportunity, I could push myself because I could go on four or five hours of sleep, bounce back the next day and not really even notice. I'd get a little tired, but I'd be fine. Now that I'm a more seasoned gal, less is more. And by that, I mean, I prefer 
intimate gatherings to parties. If, honestly, I never go to another big party again, it'll be just all right. So I like smaller things because it's less depleting to me and it's not the chit-chat of, of surface stuff that I particularly gives me life and, and is exciting. So sometimes we can't avoid parties like that or we're really excited about going. So we have to say, if I'm an extrovert with FOMO, it's probably going to go just fine. I love to go and do because it gives me life. More social interaction makes me happy. More activity adds to me. So it's great as long as you maintain life balance. Where we get into trouble, even when we're an extrovert and we go and do and do, is when our life gets out of balance and we don't even notice it. Right. And we have some like physical symptoms or emotional symptoms. We start being a little sassy or snappy. We don't know why. Sometimes it's because we've done too much and the holidays can create. If you're an introvert, Mm. too much going, please consider not. It creates depletion and even exhaustion. So we can have somebody who's attending the activity that we as an introvert want to be at, but simply cannot attend because it is not good for us. We can have assigned someone boots on the ground to give us a blow-by-blow report of all the love and fun and joy that happened there. And it's not nearly as depleting as requiring ourselves to show up. So I just would ask that your listeners consider each opportunity and invitation carefully, even pray about it for reals pray, and then sleep on it before giving your answer. And if you have peace, and it might sound like a lot of effort, but we're talking about mental health and we're talking about life balance during the holidays. And it's easier to decline out of the gate than cancel once we've said yes. Hey, let me interrupt this podcast to tell you to go right now to Compassion.com slash Rusty and sponsor a child through Compassion. It will change their life. It will change your life. Do this as a family. Do this individually. Whatever it takes, sponsor a child today. Compassion.com slash Rusty. Okay, back to our show. Right. And and I think that... Um... You know, some of the parties that we thought, boy, I sure couldn't, I sure couldn't miss that. And you go, and then a year later, you don't even remember it. You know, I mean, it, you, you kind of wonder, boy, I, I put myself through a lot of effort and it, it really wasn't all that life-giving. I think the same thing can be true, don't you think, for some of our traditions around the house. I wonder if mm-hmm. maybe some of the things we think are all that important, our family doesn't, and maybe we should do a little bit of an inventory before it gets crazy and say, here's the 20 things we normally do. <laughs> How much of these things are matter to you? Well, maybe there's seven and it might take a lot of stress off. Do you think that might be helpful? That is a fantastic idea. Family meeting. And, um, and what I love about your idea is to say of these seven things out of the 20, what is your number one? What's your number two? And then maybe we cut it down to four or five. Yeah. So, We don't have to do the same thing every year to have a great and wonderful holiday season because it's really about connection with people 
And for those of us who love Jesus, it's about remembering his birth and celebrating that. And all these activities, when we are compelled to do the same thing because it's tradition, and that runs our Christmas. We don't. The activities do. And I want to say one more thing. So I, I like your idea of a family meeting and taking stock of what's important, letting stuff go, changing it up. Then I recommend writing out on paper that you can look at a written holiday calendar. So everything is written down and you can visually see. And that can sometimes help you make wise choices, yes or no. And then I just want to say that it's important that we remind ourselves we're in charge of our own energy reserves, no one else. If we're an adult, we're in charge. Even if we're a teenager, we can be taught or younger. So we need to take that job seriously. We are the gatekeepers of our own peace. And having that in the forefront of our minds, I think, ensures a better holiday. Yeah, I think about, we, you know, we put all the, this energy into it. And you mentioned this earlier. You said, make sure you're, you know, you're eating and you're drinking plenty of water and getting sleep and all that. I think one of the things that's a killer for me is there's too much sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> you know, you get around family and what are we going to do? Well, we're going to sit around and visit or we're going to watch a holiday movie together. And at some point, man, I just need to go out and go for a run, you know, or even walk the mall or whatever it is just to, to kind of, uh, you know, have a little bit of exercise, uh, as well. I mean, don't you think sometimes the holidays add to the lethargy because we're drinking too much, but it's not water. We're eating too much and none of it's good for you. And then we're laying around, you know, we got the carb load and, yes. and everything else going on. Actually, you know, you, you sparked an idea. Wouldn't it be something to just um, send out a group text and say, whoever wants to bring tennis shoes to change out into for this year's Christmas, um, at some point, I'm going to ask everybody who wants to to come on a walk with me, a walk or a run. And maybe it's, you know what, we're all going to go outside and run in opposite directions just so we can get away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me ask you this question. What do you tell people... And how do you coach them or prepare them for their first holiday without someone? Somebody has passed away since the last time we had Christmas. So grief and the holidays, um, whether you have lost a loved one because they passed away or they're physically not with you because they've moved and they're living elsewhere, hmm. um, or even the breakup of an intimate and important relationship or a friendship that's ended. Those are all things that cause grief at the holidays. Sometimes we, we only limit it to when we lose someone by death. Um, so first, I recommend to anticipate that it will be difficult, that the holidays will be challenging. If we don't do that, then we can be caught off guard and surprised by how difficult it can be. The next thing is to devise a plan once we have anticipated that it's going to be harder this year than last because of fill in the blank, some sort of loss, to experience that you know you're going to experience more than likely a wide range range of emotion, excuse me, Mm. sadness, anger, um, and making a plan helps to address that. So I recommend 
arranging support, um, meeting with a friend weekly during Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday, journaling. Um, uh, I, I often recommend people pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide their pen in all truth and honesty. And I recommend uncensored. So you just write what's in your heart. And what that does, what that can do is take it out of our own heart and mind and give us some relief. Um, make time, ask, ask for help, ask a family member if they're willing to talk to you or several family members, make sure they're safe. Um, get involved in a, in a holiday support group or individual therapy, even if you just need it to get you through the holidays. Because those are wise things to do to address the difficulties because it's a good question because it happens. It's very, very common during the holidays when we're dealing with other things to just have it be so devastating. Mm -hmm. And another thing I recommend, and this is especially when people have um, sustained the loss by death of a loved one is consider changing up your holiday traditions. Mm. Um, making new and different plans can sometimes help soften the pain of longstanding traditions that bring back memories and then the person's not there. Mm. And so that actually I've seen the most help other than the things I said previously from people being willing to change their traditions, even if for that first year. Now, it's also important to know there is no right or wrong. If someone says to me, I would never want to change my holiday tradition. My loved one was a part of that and that is comforting, then that is the right answer. So um, it's really about grief is very individual, but Here's what happens with grief. It's like smoke. It finds its way out. So if we don't manage our grief, it will manage us. Mm. And there's a shortcut to healing, and it's right down the middle. And how we go down the middle with grief is we have a plan, and we work that plan. So we actually process our pain. We don't let it slap us upside the head during the holidays or any other time right that's so good so good i love that grief is like smoke it will find its way out and it always does okay one last question for you here and that is all right none of us want to be cousin eddie you know who's the guest that won't leave and creates all kinds of drama nor do we want to be debbie downer who ruins the holiday for everybody. What advice do you have for us? Because we always think it's someone else. What if it's us that's bringing the drama? How would you coach us in that? So self-awareness is an art. Lots of folks don't have it. <laughs> and so it's a matter of tuning in, looking in the mirror of our own soul, asking a trusted family member, am I... Am I Debbie Downer or am I Cousin Eddie and trusting they love you enough to answer? Because sometimes we're not aware when we're in that place. But if we know we're depressed, then how do we go through the holidays around others and keep it positive is I think what you're asking. Um, 
So yeah. if you're if, if you're depressed and you know that, or you've asked a family member and they're saying, yeah, it's a little difficult to be around you, um, you're asking a lot of yourself to just snap out of it for a party. So rethink either staying home, politely declining the invitation, or assign a person to be your wingman where you're not facing the party alone because you have a trusted friend or family member who knows you're struggling, knows you're in pain, and they'll kind of stay with you. So you are sharing the burden of trying to keep it positive by having someone you love and trust walk alongside of you. And remember that no matter what, even if you don't have a wingman to assign, you're never alone without God. Never. He is always, always, always with us. And that can give us comfort. And I tell people, imagine taking the hand of Jesus and walk in when you don't want to be somewhere, but you need to go and imagine him right by your side. And, um, and he is. And so the other thought I had, just one more thought, is, um, is to derive um, in, in a social gathering, just kind of put together something that you can do that will distract yourself from your own struggles. And one of the best secrets I know is asking open-ended questions of us. People love to talk about themselves. So when it said yes to a party and you find yourself there, think of some open-ended questions. How do you know the, how is it that um, you're friends with them? Just let them take off and listen, kindly listen. But then you don't have, you get a distraction away from your own well of pain and, and you're being kind. And um, sometimes that can work to help us not to bring our sadness in. We got to check it at the door because it's, it's not really socially appropriate at a party or a holiday gathering to have uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, it's not really the best place to do that. Um, so take care of yourself and um, something that brings comfort to you before the party or after. That's, that's great wisdom there. And as for going to somebody's house to stay for a few days, remember, house guests are like fish. After three days, they begin to smell. <laughs> so that's the only wisdom people need to have, right? And that's a good one. And I didn't mention Cousin Eddie. I don't know if we have time to speak about Cousin Eddie. Yes, yes, go ahead. So cousin, the Cousin Eddies from in the world, they, they really don't know how messy they are. And so if you're Cousin Eddie, um, you're not going to know it, um, probably. So you just go to the party and you do you. But if you have a family member that's Cousin Eddie, I say they, those folks always add color to every holiday gathering. They do and say silly things. Sometimes they're off-putting. Sometimes they're inappropriate. But you could put yourself in a non-offendable, observant role. And, and don't be so sensitive if you can help it. Because there's one person like that in every family. Yeah, and so you can kind of just step back, let them be who they are, and um, and just 
get a little tickle out of it and don't be so offended. That's my advice about because of Eddie's. That's that's really the best advice. If you can just somehow find a way to not not be offended, it will go a long way. Well, this has been great for all of us, Michelle. Can you just, um, if people want to get a hold of you, would love to schedule a, a virtual session with you. Uh, obviously, you're pretty busy, but if you have space, what's a good way they can find out more about you or contact you? The best way to contact me would be by text. Um, my mobile number is my work number, and um, that is area code 818-701. 0108 and that is my counseling practice and I don't have a fancy online presence um, still just doing the, the um, private practice old school way so that's the best way love to it. contact me love it this has been great thank you so much Michelle hope you have a wonderful Christmas so grateful for you and your influence in my life personally our families and certainly our churches today so thank you thank you so much for the opportunity God bless. Merry Christmas. Well, thanks for listening. As always, please share this with a friend. I'm sure there's somebody in your life that you think will benefit from this information today. Leave a review, a rating. That would really get the word out about what it is we're trying to do is making real life simple. And I'd love to hear from you. You can direct message me on Instagram at Rusty L. George. As always, make sure you go to Compassion.com slash Rusty and sponsor a child. Do this as a family. Uh, Make a decision this year. One less gift around the tree so that you can sponsor a child this year. That would be fantastic. Next week, we're going to talk with Dr. Matthew Sleeth. He's written a book about suicide, and he's a physician, an author, and a speaker listed by Newsweek as one of the premier thinkers in America. He's going to walk us through some very startling yet helpful information as how we work through this difficult culture in suicide. So join us next week, and as always, good mental health, and keep it simple. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple.